0: But I think my favorite part about the home birth is my husband and I being together, Mm -hmm. um, experiencing that together, and just being able to be home afterwards together with our other two children.
1: Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. When birth goes well in all of the physical ways, does that necessarily mean that it carried the emotional depth you desired? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to this week's episode of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we're speaking with Courtney Steffensmeyer. Courtney is the mother of three littles who ignited her passion for breastfeeding and maternal postpartum support. After working for nearly 10 years in Western medicine, Courtney received a deeper calling to stay home with her babies while cultivating a network for her local moms. She is an IBCLC, postpartum doula, and CFT provider. All three of her birth stories are quite different, with the common denominator being the Lord's goodness throughout each labor. She's here to shed light on how she came into her own and began to advocate for her dream birth over the years. Ultimately, we'll hear how she achieved the birth she so wholeheartedly desired. Okay, let's jump into this week's episode. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And this show is not medical advice. It's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth podcast. I am so excited to be here today. Thank you so much. This is such an honor. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. Would you mind taking just a moment to introduce yourself and your family to the listeners? Sure. Um, my name is Courtney
0: Steffensmeyer. Um, I am a mom to three beautiful babies. Um, we have three kiddos under 5 Um my youngest is five months. So this is kind of the first thing that I'm coming back from maternity leave and doing. So you have to excuse me if I don't have complete sentences today. I still am much living in mom brain space. So, um, But my husband, Andrew, and I live in Norfolk, Nebraska. And I am an IBCLC, a postpartum doula, and a CFT provider.
1: Woo, CFT. Okay, yeah. so one thing I will say is I didn't realize that. Until a few, I mean, I think it was maybe a few days ago on your stories, I saw you doing CFT on your baby and I was like, I just love Courtney even more now. This is is awesome. Oh my gosh.
0: It has been such an amazing investment. Um, My two older kiddos, they both had oral restrictions and being an IV CLC myself, um, that was a huge part of why I went into that line of work. And so, when I heard about the CFT training, the Gillespie approach, I was like, I need to do that for my family, and mm-hmm. then so I can incorporate it into my private practice. So, it has been such a blessing.
1: Uh totally agree. It has been huge for both and both of my girls had oral restrictions as well. Um my oldest, we didn't we didn't have a release or anything until she was three. We started focusing on that. Um, because her her she was able to nurse fine. The youngest, it was a much more intense experience. And we did do some CFT work with her when she was a baby, thank goodness. But I wish I would have had those skills myself (laughs) to be able to do way more. Um, So now, and this podcast will probably be airing after I've had my baby, but I'm at the very end of my pregnancy. And the idea of being able to work on my newborn is like, uh,
0: it's so exciting. Yes. Oh my gosh. To have that tool in your toolkit um, when I was immediately postpartum and we kind of had, you know, some of the witching hours happening and some kind of colicky like symptoms, CFT was the only thing that could call my baby down. And it just warmed my heart that I had that training that I could do that because I just felt like I had this extra magical power that I knew what I could do for him at that time. So I'm so happy for you to utilize that.
1: That's beautiful. That's so cool. Okay. Well, let's, let's start at the beginning of your journey. So, uh, tell me about this, your first pregnancy and birthing experience.
0: Sure. So, um, all of our children are pretty close in age and so it feels like forever away, but it really wasn't that long ago that I was pregnant for the first time. Um, But I think I kind of naively went into everything um, with my first. I kind of just said, you know, I'm going to let my body do what it needs to do. I'm not going to do any sort of research, take any classes. Um, If breastfeeding happens to work, then I'll try. If it doesn't, no big deal. I just kind of went in with such an open mind and heart um, being our first child And though there are um, some pros to that, I soon realized after her birth, like, it would have been really helpful to have been knowledgeable on a few things. So um, the pregnancy was normal, went smooth. She was actually born on her due date. Um, We were seeing routine um, medical care here at our local hospital, and I received an epidural. um, And it was just a really peaceful birth. Honestly, we went in at seven or 8 PM and I received my epidural around midnight and then slept the whole night, both my husband and I, and we woke up in the morning and the nurse came in and she's like, Oh my gosh, call the midwife. She's 10 centimeters. And I was like, I am, what do I do? You know, your first baby. And they're like, just wait, like don't push, don't move. And she was out in a couple pushes and I of course, you know, everyone that's had their first baby, they, it's just a feeling that you can never replicate or even describe with words, really. But, um, after her birth, I was kind of like, people think that's hard. <laughs> like, I I didn't feel anything. I didn't, you know, I felt so, though I was so grateful and so in love with her, I felt so disconnected from my birth itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I was like, I didn't really feel like my body did anything. Um, And so it really wasn't long after that when I told my husband, okay, the next birth I'm going to do naturally because I truly want to feel the process that my body's going through. And I want to be so much more in tune with myself. Um, And so kind of then moving on to our next birth, even though I had that in mind, And I had my lack of education and knowledge and rights and options. Um, Since I didn't do that last time, I still didn't do that the second time. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a natural birth. We'll just see how it goes. You know, you don't really need to prepare for that, right? You just go and do it. And little did I know that... (laughs) It would have been a lot easier on me, myself, emotionally, physically, and on my husband if we were a little more prepared for that natural birth. Um, I dearly love my midwife. Um, She knew that it was my goal to have a natural birth. And so she said, okay, if we get to a certain point and you're begging me for an epidural, do you want me to say, no, you can do this and push you um, further until you have a baby naturally? And I was like, yes, please hold me accountable for that. So I'm so grateful for her that she listened to my wishes and to my wishes. And she was so in tuned with me during the process that she helped me achieve the birth that I wanted to achieve. Um, because I think it's one of those things when you've never experienced a natural birth before. And even I had never even watched a natural birth before. That's How how blindly I went into it. Um, Actually, I remember before I even had um, any kids or before I was pregnant, I watched my mom's video of me being born. And I remember seeing the epidural needle from the 90s and just the hospital room itself. And I was so extremely terrified to ever get pregnant and have a baby. So I think that played a huge role in just naively going into both of my births up to my second child. Um, and I think it's just so important too, for the spouse to be educated because after having a home birth and my husband knowing how he could help me, I realized like how helpless he felt when mm-hmm. not preparing for her second birth because he was like, I just didn't know how to help you. I didn't know what to do. And I was just scared. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, the dads, the husbands, they don't have that adrenaline coursing through them. You know, they cannot feel what's happening in their body. And so all they can experience is terror, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So then after that birth of our second daughter, I said, "Okay, that that was amazing. Um, I felt so empowered after my recovery was amazing. Um, But I said the next time. I kind of want to try a home birth. (laughs) And my husband was like, absolutely not like that's (laughs) Um, but with the birth of our second daughter, she came during COVID right at the beginning. And so there was a lot of fear within our birth. I was like, okay, is my husband, husband going to be able to be in the room with me? Um, Afterwards, um, at the time they were saying if mom tests positive for COVID, she won't be able to be with her baby for 24 to 48 hours after birth, which is just so crazy to me knowing what we know now, but, um, going in just starting COVID in March um, of 2020, that was the information that mothers, the fear the mothers were going into birth, like encircling their mind with. And so, um. I actually tested positive for GBS with our second. And since it was COVID, you know, you're not allowed to have any visitors. We weren't even allowed to leave our rooms. And then with me being GBS positive on top of it, they uh, made me stay for two days. So I wanted to leave after one day. And they were like, oh, it's per, per protocol that we keep you here for 48 hours. And so all of those things kind of put together is when I told my husband, like, you know, if we were at home, we would be at home <laughs> and we wouldn't have to stay in this tiny room. And being a second time mom, I was so ready to get home to my toddler. And just the fact that we had to stay for two days because of GPS, um, it just didn't quite survive right with me. So that's kind of when I started looking into um, having a home birth with our
1: bird. Gotcha. And so it sounds like maybe home birth was slightly on your radar then, towards the end of that pregnancy. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah. it was like, it was already starting to kind of percolate there. And then with the experience that you had with that second, oh my word, especially with COVID and oh, how ridiculous the hospital was at that time that just solidified. All right. Next time we're not doing this.
0: Yes, exactly. I know. And I mean. I do know of people who their spouse was not able to be in the delivery room with them during Mm -hmm. COVID. And that just completely breaks my heart. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, not having that support person there with you. um, I really wish, you know, that I could have been more prepared to make that home birth choice at the time, but I really didn't even start looking into a home birth until, I don't know, a few weeks before she was born. So, um, But I do have a lot of peace with all of my births because I feel like um, I had to experience each birth the way that I did in order to gain the confidence to finally have the home birth. Um, I know there's some first time moms that say like, oh, you know, I peacefully had a home birth my very first baby. And that's just that just wasn't in the cards for me. Um, But I think I learned so much along the way and how to advocate for myself baby by baby um, yeah. to finally, you know, ultimately achieve the birth that was best fitting for us. And I truly don't think, you know, my husband would have been ready to have a home birth either um, with our first. So it's just all kind of unfolded the way that God meant it to. And so that's something that I wanted to mention here as well. You know, if there are people listening who, you know, have shame behind, a certain way that they birthed or they have um, discontent with the way that their birth unfolded. It's, there is a place for grieving there, obviously, because we always ourselves have this idea of what we want our birth and our postpartum and our pregnancy to look like, uh, but truly it's out of our hands. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, God didn't meant for us to carry shame with how we birth or how we are postpartum. So
1: I love that. It's beautiful. And and really, I know I've, I've probably said this a million times, but so much of it is less about what happens per se and more about how we integrate that experience into our life, how we take that on as a mother, how we are – allowing that to transform who we are. So sometimes those situations that, you know, maybe they really were really different from what you were expecting or what you wanted. If we can take the time to look back with them, maybe from a new lens, like with a different mindset, picking out, okay, what about this changed me? Like, what about this was so positive for my experience as a mother. What can I take from this on with me into the future to help me in my growth as a human, as a mother? Like It's so powerful to realize we have the opportunity to to use our experience however we see fit. And it doesn't have to look a certain way for it to be valid and to be useful.
0: Absolutely. I love that so much. And You know, I had never really sat and thought about that before um, until I took my postpartum doula training Mm -hmm. and the room was just filled with women who are passionate about pursuing their doula certification because of their own experiences. Mm -hmm. And it was just really empowering to hear every woman's story about she took her own situation. And now with that, she is now using that to help other families. And so exactly what you just said, you know, it's up to us to take our experiences and then shadow it onto the world.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh man, I love that. So baby number two born during the beginning of COVID times. Uh, What, what happened with this third pregnancy and birth? So this
0: third baby, um, we, God blessed us in a very un, at a very unknown time. Um, we had a lot of things up in the air at the time. And, of course, um, God thought we could handle one more thing. So um, my husband and I were like, you know, we really feel like we want to do things differently this time. We, over you know the past four years, had grown so much together just in our parenting style um in our marriage and we said that we felt you know confident moving forward with a home birth and so um pretty much we had a healthy pregnancy leading up to um i think it was the anatomy scan at the 20 week appointment and they said that they thought i had placenta previa so um we this whole time we were kind of Like, okay, we're going to do everything differently this time. You know, we are going to do everything at home and we're just going to listen to ourselves and our intuition and do all of our own research um, and be each other's support system. And then when we got that news, um, it was just kind of like, okay, maybe um, God is calling us to have this baby in the hospital and we aren't meant to have a home birth. So um, we really just sat in prayer with it. Um, over the next 10 weeks, um, because they wanted to do an ultrasound at 30 weeks to either um, clarify that I did have placenta previa or to see if um, it had gone away. And so for those 10 weeks, we just really took a break on even planning anything um, in doing any research. And we just prayed about things and said, OK, you know, however you want this baby to be born, we're open to it. Um, and then at our 30 week appointment, um, they said that the placenta previa had gone away or, you know, moved away from the cervix. And so I was just like, oh my gosh. And I think I sat up from the ultrasound and my husband was like, does this mean the home birth's back on? (laughs) And I was like, oh yeah. So, um, at 30 weeks is when I started researching, Where I could find a midwife, um, who would even be available for my due date, um, all the things I needed to do to prepare for said home birth. So I immediately just texted all my friends that I knew that I had had home births. And um, that's when I got your recommendation of this podcast. And I literally started back from episode one. And I just started binging like 24 hours a day. It was just like going on in the background of our household. And, um, I'm not kidding you. That is probably where I learned the bulk of my information is going all the way back from the beginning of your podcast, because you have some really informational ones back in the beginning.
1: I love to hear that That's really cool. And it's funny, as I was preparing for some rerun episodes that are going to be played through my maternity leave, I was looking back and I was like, wow, there's a lot of good stuff back here.
0: (laughs) This is pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it was. awesome. Um, and so kind of rewinding also, I went to the CFT training in Kansas City when I think I was about 12 weeks pregnant at the time. And it's when I was still kind of on the edge about having a home birth or not. And I had met a mom there and she said, yes, I had my baby at home and my best friend is a midwife. So it was just me, my husband and my friend. And I was like, tell me more. This is the coolest thing ever. And then she told me where her best friend lives. And it's a town that's 40 miles from me. And I was like, okay, I feel like this is meant to be. So I got her friend's um, contact information. And when I got home from the CFT training, I called her. And I asked if she would be available for my birth. And um, she is actually just a midwife assistant um, because she has almost six kids herself. And so she only assists and doesn't fully take on births herself. And she said, but I know plenty of other midwives in the area. So I'll call around to all of them and see if anyone's available for your birth. And so, um, she did. And there was two people that were available. And so we interviewed them both and we just felt like we, um, kind of matched better with one of them than the other. And so that's who we decided to go with. And then we just kind of kept them in the loop through everything with the placenta previa and whatnot. And they said, well, just so you know, um, if we do have someone that contacts us um, at the same time that your birth is, like, we'll probably take them on since you're not committed in establishing care with us right now. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. Um, And so then at 30 weeks, we reached back out to her and she was still available. So we were like, okay, great. Um, And then we had our first appointment with her um, about 34 weeks. So whenever people are, you know, late in their pregnancy and they're like, oh, I wish I would have looked into, you know, having a home birth or finding a midwife. That's the story that I tell them. It's not too late. I didn't have my first midwife appointment until 34 weeks.
1: Yep. Yep. It can definitely be done. It can, it, I do feel like there are times and in some places where it, it is harder at this point because especially after COVID, it seems like, you know, mid home births have increased. So it can be harder to find one, but oh my word, like, do not not reach out, like <laughs> figure, I'm always like, I will find a way to make this work. Um, so yeah, that's that's great to hear that you were able to do that. And one of the things that I know that we were going to talk about was the birth climate in your state, because you are in Nebraska. So what was it like with that being the case? Yes. So for the listeners that don't
0: know, Nebraska is the only state um, where you cannot have a certified nurse midwife attend your home birth. It's actually considered illegal here. And um, if a certified nurse midwife does attend a home birth, it is a felony. Um, which is just so wild. Um, with my first two births, I was seeing a midwife, but she was at an OBGYN clinic. So the certified nurse midwives here can only practice under an OBGYN and only perform hospital births. Um, so that's why I thought you know it was just such a sign from God that I met this woman at the CFT training who could kind of get me in in. Um, in the network of finding a nurse or a certified professional midwife.
1: Get you in the underground.
0: (laughs) Yes, the underground. That's what I always tell people. It's like the black market for midwives. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is so funny. Um, Actually, the first midwife that I called, I was like, hi, this is Courtney Steffensmeyer. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Where do you live? What's your last name? And she was just like, I got off the phone and I was like, wow, she was super rude. And then my friend is a doula and she's like, you can't just get on the phone and interrogate these people because everyone, all midwives in the state of Nebraska are so nervous right now. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, But truly I just wanted to like look her up on Facebook and know a little bit about her, um, so yes, but everyone is very on edge in the state of Nebraska because we're trying to get there. Um, there's just laws right now saying that if you are going to have a um, home birth, you either need to have a free birth by yourself or you can get a birthing professional, like a um, certified professional midwife. Um, and that's who we used. Um, but I will say it's so difficult to find someone. Um The gal that we used actually lives two hours away. And again, that's just a huge part of people not being able to have home births in Nebraska too, is the midwives that are practicing are spread so thin. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, if you are a family, typically you'll have to pay for the gas then for the midwife to drive, you know, two hours there and back for every single appointment, which again, just adds you know a monetary expense on top of the birth itself so um so yeah I it I did have a photographer at my birth and um she's one of my good friends so she was amazing but um she posted my home birth pictures and it it kind of hurt my heart a little bit that so many people commented like this is a late illegal this is unsafe um on my birth pictures and I just, I decided not to go there and, you know, (laughs) comment anything back, but it, I just want people to know it is not illegal to have a home birth in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. If that is your desire, every woman, every family has the right to birth how you want to birth. It's just who attends your birth. um, What makes it legal or illegal
1: in the state Mm -hmm. of Nebraska. Yep. That is, it's such an important thing to understand. It is not illegal to give birth at home anywhere. You have that option. There are legal ramifications in other ways and for midwives, unfortunately, but you are allowed to give birth in your home. You can't let anybody tell you otherwise, but oh man, I am so sorry to hear that people were commenting that. I, Wow. That is, that's a bit, that's a bit extra. Yes. But again, it's just that like, you don't know what
0: you don't know because, you know, with my first baby, if someone would have told me they were having a home birth and they were just having like a certified professional midwife, not, uh, um, like OBGYN at their birth, I probably would have said like, that's crazy. Yeah. 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 So it just it just shows like there's you evolve as a mother sometimes um and your desire shift, your mindset shifts. Um and I guess I will never regret the home birth that we had because it truly transformed how my husband and I work as a team during birth. Um it was just the most refreshing and beautiful experience that I've ever experienced. And obviously we have a beautiful sun now from it, but I think my favorite part about the home birth is my husband and I being together, mm-hmm. um, experiencing that together and just being able to be home afterwards together with our other two children. Um, we, we keep saying over and over, like those were literally the two best weeks of our entire life after mm. our birth in our house. Um, just because we both, I feel like listened to the calling inside of our heart to do this for ourselves and for our family. And those two weeks were just so bonding and just completely unforgettable.
1: That's amazing. Oh man. I love to hear that. Well, let's, let's talk about that. The, the end of your pregnancy, you have your first midwife's appointment at 34 weeks. So you don't have have much longer to go. (laughs) What was, what was that like? And then, you know, I'm, I'm excited to hear what, how your birthing process began.
0: Yes. So, um, I really can't complain with any of my pregnancies, um, I've always been, you know, extremely active during pregnancy and have healthy pregnancies. Um, So when we started the appointments with the midwife, um, everything looked great. I did have a great sense of peace also within myself um, because I did start care with my other midwife who delivered my other two babies as well. And then I switched over care to my midwife at 34 weeks. So, you know, I did have peace and reassurance from my previous midwife. And then we switched over. Um, But just listening to the baby's heartbeat on my couch with my children around me. um, I don't know. Yeah, those are some of the most special pictures that I have. Um, And again, I feel like when your care can come inside your home and see your world, um, it just changes things. Because Whenever I went to my other OBGYN appointments, I was like, okay, I have to make sure I have child care for my other kids because I don't want them touching everything like in the office. Um, and I don't want them running everywhere. There's nothing for them to do. So it was always just me, myself going to my appointments. Mm-hmm. And until you experience someone coming into your home and your children being there and your husband being there during your appointments, you don't know what you're missing out on because that was incredibly fulfilling, just looking at my children's faces, hearing the baby's heartbeat. And we're just, they're just running around inside our house and there's no stress whatsoever to the appointment. So those appointments leading up to birth were really special themselves. Um, and then let's see, I guess we can kind of dive into birth. Um, My husband was out and about one evening running some errands and it was a Friday night and I was just at home and both of my first daughter was born on her due date. My second daughter was a week later and now my son was almost a week later as well. So of course we were just sitting there every single night waiting for something to happen. And, uh, so of course it was when my husband was out and my other kids were sleeping and I was just relaxing by myself. Contractions started and, um, it was probably about eight or 9 PM and my second daughter's birth was very quick. So from the time we went into the hospital to the time that she was delivered was less than six hours. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was expecting for this home birth. (laughs) And... Um, little did I know it was about to be a two day process. So, um, contraction started. Somehow I was able to fall asleep on the couch that night. And then I woke up first thing in the morning, um, and was extremely well rested. So I, I was very pleased. And then immediately when I woke up, things just started happening again. Um, My children were running around, and my husband was frantically like, okay, so what should we do now? Should I blow up the pool? Should I – where should I get started first? Um, And so there was lots of things going on inside of our house. I immediately texted um, my midwife, and then I also um, had the midwife assistant. So I had two midwives there. And um, I immediately texted both of them, and they actually – The first midwife came right away um, since she lived from two hours away. And she was like, being your third, I just don't know how quickly things are going to progress. So if you don't want me inside your house, I can go sit at the library all day. And you can tell me when things (laughs) start moving and I'll come back. So that's actually what she did. She had all of her knitting stuff and she went and she sat at the library and she had lunch. And uh, when things started getting closer, she came back. Um, But it was just a beautiful day. Um, The sun was shining and both of my girls were born at night. And so um, I just to labor in the sunshine, in the daylight, it was just kind of a whole new experience for me. Um, But we used um, the pool on and off and um, my husband and I were doing a puzzle. And my friend that was a photographer, she was there the entire day. I think she said she was there for 13 hours um, just taking pictures of us doing our normal thing. And it was such a relaxing experience. It was completely stress-free. We had our music going. Um, I actually had two of my good friends stop in as well. And they had laid their hands on me and prayed over me at a certain point when things really started to pick up. Um, and again, that's just one part of the experience that I'll never forget. I just feel like it was such a community birth and I'm not one to say like, I love a lot of people in my house when I have like stressful or events going on, but it was just the most wonderful, um, experience that I was surrounded by, so many people that loved us. You know, we had people praying for us. We had people taking pictures of us. And then, of course, we had the midwives that were there for all the other support. Um, And so, let's see. All day was a very slow progression. Every time I got into the birthing tub, it seemed that things completely stopped. So, you know, of course, I had this whole thing in my mind that I was going to give birth in the tub and Of course, I had all my lights strung up and all my, like, empowering things, like, in the background of the pool. And I was like, this is exactly where all my birth pictures are going to be. And every time I got in, all the contractions just stalled. And I think my body just, like, completely relaxed. And as soon as I stood up, contractions started again. So I spent most of my time walking up and down the steps um, instead of in the pool. And just kind of moving around the house. And so um, eventually things started really picking up um, around 8 or 9 p.m. that night. And um, I kind of got stuck upstairs in my bed where I just absolutely couldn't move anymore. Um, I was really exhausted at this point, but active labor had begun. And again, I did not think I was going to give birth in our bedroom, but that's what you get with a home birth. You just go where you're comfortable and where you are at the time and go with the flow. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of on and off. My midwife still says like your birth was like a little bit of a mystery to me because things would really pick up. And she was like, all right, like it's happening. Um, and then I would, change to a different position and everything would completely stop. So everything was positional with my birth. Um, and then he was born um, posteriorly. So sunny side up. And so once he was born, then it all made sense. Um, kind of how birth went. He just had his positions that invoked contractions in positions where he just felt completely comfortable and I had no need to push. So um, there was even a, um, a certain position that I would be in and I would have a contraction and I didn't even have the desire to push. Um, so it was just, it was just, yeah, just really wild. So, um, eventually, um, it was about 1230 in the morning and I just remember having this thought, like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like my body is so tired and i can't rest and my midwife was like there's only one way that this ends and if if we get the baby out and like we need you to just muster up a little more strength to like finish this out and at the time i just remember being like well that's rude <laughs> like that's not comforting <laughs> But I was like, she's so right. Like, there's only one way out. And I'm so tired. And if I don't have this baby, like, in the next half an hour, I knew I was going to have to go to the hospital because I was so tired. Um, And so I finally got on all fours on my bed. And I just remember my husband being like, this is what you wanted. Like, you can do this. You are made for this. Um, And I know you can do this. And um, I had a lamp on my bedside table. And the light was like shining up the wall perfectly. And I have this picture of Mary holding Jesus. And I literally just looked up at that picture and I was like, you did this. Like, I know that I can do this. (laughs) And I think it was like one or two pushes later then I just like gave it my all. And I was like, I I have to do this. Mm -hmm. And then he was born. So he was out in um, those next two pushes then. And I remember just falling. I was so tired that my midwife was like, don't sit down. (laughs) Because she didn't have him completely out from under me yet. But I remember just the minute I felt him completely come out, my whole body just relaxed. And then she laid him up on my chest. And yeah. There's just no words to describe that after that rush of oxytocin and all that adrenaline, and then your body just completely relaxes. It was just crazy. And like I said, we have two girls and um, we have never found out the sex of our babies. And so, with him coming out and being a boy, and just, I just felt like I did something different completely for myself and for my husband that time. And then we had our boy and it was just like a moment I'll never forget. I just, so many people are like, tell me about your home birth. I'm like, I really can't articulate it. Like I have such a hard time even articulating like how I felt, how it went because it was just like beyond me. Like I felt so out of body.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's (laughs) it's so beyond words. Like it's just, it's an experience that is, I mean, we can, we can talk about it and around it all day, but really nailing down those, the depth of change, the depth of transformation that happens in that experience is it's unbelievable. Um, wow. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. And, um, for people listening to like, I
0: was really unsure about having, um, other people are friends there at the time of our birth. And you just talking about transformation. Um, one of my best friends said that it was the biggest gift to her that she got to watch our birth. Um, and she just said, watching my husband, Andrew and I work together because you're always on the opposite and you don't get to see yourself in that process. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just said, like, that is what marriage and like a union is about. And she said it was so beautiful to watch it unfold. And it was such a gift to her to see that. And I, I think that is so much more of what we need as women to be able to be present for like our sisters and for our friends and for people that are close to us, because it's a gift to other people to witness like the beauty of what's unfolding as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. It's, it's because, and thinking back to, to what you had said where, you know, the one experience of birth that you had really seen was a video of your mom in the nineties with a big needle. And it was like, Oh, I don't want to ever do that. Like for, for women to be able to see what this can be before experiencing it and seeing how joyful and empowering and just courageous it can be. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely huge. How incredible. Yeah, it was. Oh man, Courtney. Well, okay. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your postpartum journey so far then after this home birth experience, what has postpartum number three been like?
0: Yes. Um, I would say, you know, emotionally, mentally, Physically, this has been a transformative postpartum for me. Um, With my other two daughters, I did struggle with some postpartum depression. Um, But not only just because um, of, like, my postpartum itself and birth, but also because of some breastfeeding issues that we did have. And, you know, that's a lot of why I do what I do now for work professionally is stemmed from personal experience. Um, But this postpartum, my husband and I both said like, we feel like we finally like have a hold of like what it's like to have a baby and go through a postpartum experience, like three babies and like third time's a charm. Very <laughs> true. Um, but it was just wonderful. Um, after we had Gus, um, that's my son. Um, I've heard of midwives being like bed fairies before how they like change your bed sheets and make your bed and set your bedroom up. And then you go and shower and they come back and your room is perfect. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's probably just like what people talk about is probably not really true, but it's true. So, um, right. Um, we did our hour of skin to skin after he was born, um, and established breastfeeding, um, it was probably about like 1.30 in the morning by now, so I was pretty exhausted. And so my friends and the two midwives that were there, they were really working on getting our house picked up and kind of things put back together. And then one of the midwives and my husband helped me kind of like shower and rinse off and change my clothes and get into bed. Um into my very clean, well-made bed, which, again, just crawling in to your own clean bed in your own home with a baby that's just a couple hours old, it's just the best feeling ever. Wow. Um, but I remember the midwife being like, okay, well, I'm going to come back in 24 hours and check on you guys. And I was kind of like, 24 hours? <laughs> We're going to be alone for 24 hours? Um Because I think it's one of those things also that when you are in a hospital and having a birth and all those routine checkups that, you know, nurses are coming in and doing and your doctor's coming in and visiting you and your pediatrician is coming in and checking on things, um, you just don't really have to think about those things that are going on. You're not really aware of like, oh, what are they checking for? Like, what is a warning sign? You know, all of those sorts of things. So when she said, I'm going to come back in 24 hours, I was kind of like, oh, wait, so we kind of did our homework on like a home birth, but now like postpartum, like what am I supposed to do for the next 24 hours when you're gone? We don't have nurses coming in 24 um, seven. So she did have to educate us kind of like my husband on things to do and watch for and help me, you know, go to the bathroom and all of those sorts of things. Um, and then when she came back, she came back at 24 hours, um, one week and two weeks. Um, and we really didn't leave the house for anything else, um, up till he was three weeks. And I think that was game changing for us. Um, Mm -hmm. we had wonderful friends that were picking up and dropping our kids off, um, from school for us. So we didn't have to leave. Um, this was the first time that I expressed how much it meant to my husband that he took an adequate amount of time off from work. So he took... I think it was almost three weeks off of work that he took. Um, And then he was at work for one week and then we had Christmas. So we got a whole nother week off. So we were almost home for a whole month straight Mm -hmm. and I can't express enough. The support of a support person or a partner or a spouse can change your postpartum tenfold, just having Mm -hmm. that support there with you. Um, So it was wonderful we had um, lots of meals prepped that we did before for ourselves. And so we were really ready to hibernate. Um, and I feel like we just had to really dig deep because so many other times we relied on other people to help us out and to get by. And we just said, we want to do this all ourselves for the next few weeks. Um, we just want it to be us and our family and rotating shifts at night and all of the things. So it was really beautiful to see that unfold and let our daughters spend that time with us. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's big, amazing. Yeah. Breastfeeding um, with him. Of course, I had a laugh a little bit because um, I was like kind of planning on him having an oral restriction since our other two daughters did since it is genetic. And um, I think Within the first two to three times that we breastfed, I was like, "There's something going on here." So I, (laughs) it was one of those things where um, we did struggle again in the beginning with that, just like my daughters. Um, But thankfully enough, we had a lot of tools in our toolbox to kind of navigate that when the time came, and then, um, yeah, and then a good start after that. But just had a laugh because I was like, "It would be my." Profession and <laughs> at least you know how
1: to navigate it this time. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Courtney, what an amazing journey that you've been on. I, I love hearing stories where there's just transition and then another and another, and you're growing and learning as you go. And I don't know, it just makes things so accessible. You know, it's anybody can choose to do, to do things differently. You know, you made, you made changes with each of your birth experiences. Um, and, and that is available to others as well. So hearing these stories, uh, can just be so, so helpful. just as you said, like it was helpful for you listening to other people's birth stories. Um, so I can't thank you enough for sharing yours, adding, this as a resource to other mothers. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Homebirth podcast.
0: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I have loved it.
1: Wow, what an incredible story that Courtney shared with us. I am so overwhelmed with the beauty of her experience. And as we head into this week's episode roundup, I have four points that really are sticking out to me with this story. Number 1, it is common for the perception of birth that we had growing up to be counterproductive when it comes to preparing for our own birth. Courtney shared how she had never witnessed an unmedicated birth before having her second baby, and the only image she had of birth was from the video of her mother's birth. A large, looming epidural needle and a sterile-looking room did not provide excitement in Courtney's mind for giving birth herself. If this is all that you have known of birth up until now, I am so thrilled that you are here gleaning a new perspective of what birth can be. Next, Courtney shared how her third birth experience was an experience that bonded herself to her husband even more than before. Those who witnessed the birth were able to see just how palpable their love was, and even more, they truly represented what it means to be a team together. There's no way that this hasn't carried over into their parenting together. We already know it led to their postpartum, which brings me to point number three. Courtney shared that they finally gave postpartum the attention it deserved this time around. My friends, if there's anything I can share with you, it's that more than likely your expectations of rest for postpartum need to increase. Courtney and her husband were willing to accept the help of their friends and family when it came to taking care of their little ones, dropping them off, picking them up, really receiving help in all of its forms. They recognized the importance of those first weeks together, solidifying their connection with their new baby. I pray that you'll take this to heart. This is such a critical practice. I know it isn't always easy, and it may come with its own set of difficulty. How do we prepare to make this even feasible? But please, begin to consider this as early as possible so that you can make it happen to the best of your ability for your family. And finally, Courtney's openness and willingness to have friends and loved ones around her during her birth experience was such a gift to those who witnessed. Just like we mentioned at the beginning of the roundup, Courtney had never seen an unmedicated birth before, much less a home birth. And now she's passing along the beauty of what birth can be to all those who were in attendance. Community birth. What a blessing. Okay, my friends, that's all that I've got for you for today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode.